What was your playing like? Did you did you get to play for the top team at, at Pekka? Yep, yep. yep. In, ended up being in the top team, and um, I think the coolest thing for me was not necessarily playing for the top team. I, I didn't really grasp it until I became a coach. Mm. But like the thing that buzzed me out was we got to travel on tournaments outside of Auckland, and that yes. was like a big thing for me. Like I think I was year ten. We went to Rotorua for a tournament, and mm. like you know. Oh, but I played rugby and, and basketball at the same time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I played at, um, played top, like prim prim side at Pakenham College. Didn't play at a high level representative or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was a, a, a competent player. Wasn't like an amazing player, but I was comfortable um, in pressure situations and you know mm. just really enjoyed playing basketball. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so when you left school, you didn't want to be a player. You wanted to go more into the coaching realm. Yeah, so it's funny, playing basketball was an accident and coaching basketball was an accident too. Mm. Well, um, one I just remember one day distinctly, my little brothers were playing basketball at um, Pakenham College and I was at uni at the time. Mm. Um, and they couldn't, their team had to find a coach and they'd been asking me, asking me for weeks. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Like, I'm enjoying university, hanging out with my friends and blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. uh, and playing some club club rugby at the time, so I didn't feel, feel like, I, like I had time. Um, but my mom said I had to coach them. Like, there was no... And you, you guys know that. When mom uh, says you have to do it, you have yeah, to do it. Time, yeah. yeah, and so I remember going to the gym the first time and coaching my brothers, and I, they were terrible. And I was just like, man, this is, um, this is going to be hard. But, I, yeah, we just had one training and just mm. really enjoyed it. And I can't believe that's... Kind of in a world, the world, the start of the whirlwind that I'm in now, you know, like it's just, yeah. it's buzzy, like I didn't plan to do it. So. Amazing, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come out of those little experiences and little yeah. accidents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something that, that, I mean, you've really taken a passion to it now was, are you part of the NBL? Yep, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, coaching, I'm on the coaching staff of the Auckland Tuatara. Uh, we play mm. in the New Zealand Basketball League. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's it's a growing league. Like it's um it's broadcasting on ESPN in the states now, and we got kids leaving here to the US in the college, and yeah. we're signing guys who have just been recently in the G League and the NBA. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, just a really I'm really happy that the league is getting more exposure and it's uh, giving an avenue for kids um, in New Zealand to play at high level. So, mm. yeah. and to travel, like you said before, it's a big thing. Oh, 100 percent. Get out of the country. It's always mm. nice. I, I had some kids. Oh, I had a um, fat mate, and I think the cool, funny she was teaching at Otahu, uh, mm. and I remember when she said to me that she took some kids mm. over the Harbour Bridge for some netball or something. And the kids asked her um, if they needed a passport to get over the Harbour Bridge. Oh wow! And that was just like it was funny, but yeah. I was just like. You know, there are a lot of kids that like don't get exposed to those kind of, and sport yeah. is a bit is a, is a good way to get exposed to those things, right? Like yeah. travel and sure. experiences like that. The opportunities that sport brings. I mean, you've been all over the world with your rugby, because a few places, yeah. 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 So, and you probably wouldn't have gone there if you weren't playing footy at that level, right? Probably not. Um, yeah, people, a lot of people get to do their OE and they might go to particular places, but uh, sport's definitely a vehicle and yeah. an avenue to, to get you places. Mm. And then things like youth mobility visas make a difference as well. Yeah. That means you can go and do a bit of a working holiday, yeah, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. 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 So, what was your first sort of uh, major coaching role? Yeah. I mean, you, you told me it's your, your brother's junior team, but yeah. when did you start like being recognised as a, as a um, potential good basketball senior coach? I, I have to like um, say thanks to a guy, um, Dave McKay, um, he's the director of sport at Auckland Grammar oh. and um, I was coaching my Pakaranga kids one day and he was he was actually the GM, he used to be the GM of uh, ABSL which was pretty much Auckland basketball so he ran it and he did a really good job with that program but he came in because he was running like a coaching workshop for 
uh, for like um, community coaches mm-hmm. and they were hiring our gym to do it and he was watching me coach and uh, he just came and tapped me on the shoulder after and he said bro I'm like have you coached rep before and I was mm-hmm. like no he said you should come to our rep program and check it out mm-hmm. um, and so I coached uh, counties um, age group um, from there mm-hmm. um, and then through him I was able to go to Australia with some New Zealand age group teams um, yeah so th- that was kind of the first um, the first time I was like oh, okay I, I, people there are people out there who matter in the basketball world that are, are willing to give me a chance so yeah, yeah, I had to really um, become way more organised and way more professional in the way I do things so, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you spent time with the breakers yep. yeah 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 um, was with them in the 1920 uh, seasons, mm. um, and that was a great experience. Like obviously, at the moment they're struggling, um, yeah. yeah. But I, I got I got to learn off um, Dan Shamir and um, Modi Moore, mm. um, just like elite basketball minds. Yes. Um, and just crazy to be in the season where a guy like RJ Hampton, who got was a first round draft pick in the NBA, and he's playing for the Magic now, and oh, um, wow. he was part of that team. And Scotty yeah. Hobson, he played for the Thunder this year. He was mm. part of that team, and mm. so it was just a surreal experience. And to see where everyone's branched off now, it's just like yeah. you kind of pinch yourself. And but mm. you also at the same, you pinch yourself, but you're like, okay, like I know what that level's like. We can we can go there again, and we can go further. You know, mm. so, mm. yeah. Breakers had a pretty good run there for a while, right? Was it like yeah. four championships? Yeah, yeah, like four and five, five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of like New Zealand teams playing in Australian competitions, that's yeah. that's pretty amazing. That's mm. almost unheard of, right? 100%. And it's a hard comp. It's not, yeah, like, you know, it's a, it's not an easy comp. So. They had a lot of key players, though. Right? A lot of experienced and young players coming through. That Was Belcher still part of that? Yeah. I think Kirk Penny, Paul Hanare and that. But I think the biggest thing of that run was they had built, like Andre Lamanis was a coach. Mm. And from my, at least from my perspective, they had such a good culture. Yes. Um, and I, th- I think that's a bit of a throwaway word, a throw-around word sometimes, mm. culture, culture, culture. Yeah, but they were genuine about, like, they didn't compromise on anything they did like they wanted to do things the right way and it, there was no compromise with it yeah. um so yeah that was a special group yeah. yeah 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 and i guess representing new zealand as well right i guess that might yeah. t- sort of tied into that culture yeah and because there's lots of kiwis in lots that team culture is a is, like you say it is thrown around a lot mm-hmm. but when it is uh instigated into a team properly you can see that culture comes to the surface right there's a lot of six very successful teams i mean you've got the all blacks for yep. the example um, You've got uh, like the Melbourne Storm, yeah. places like that. Um, you had the Max First 15 that yeah, was part of, that Jeff Moon spoke about, and Pete, who was one of our other guests, who's the uh, coach of Ponsonby, also spoke about the culture. And that's, yeah. that's the little things that, yeah. that make that culture what it is. Eh? Yeah. So, 100%. And like, I think the other words, people like, um, even our relationship, I think of. Um, I was thinking about like driving over here, you know, like the vibe someone gives or the energy. Mm. But I think the like a better word for that for me at least is presence. And I, you know, like when you, I remember watching Mag, my cousins were playing Onehanga, first 15, and Mags came in and they played. This was years ago, mm. and I just remember the Mags team walking down the hill, and mm. I was like, there's just a presence to, and it, and like, and then I we I watched Dorworth versus Mags last year because I'm working at Dorworth now, yes. and it felt the same when they walked out. I was like, man, like that's ah. that's it's um that presence is just mm. like you know, and it starts with. Little things like you said, when you see the logo, when you see the colours, yeah. when you see, you know, like it's, it's stuff like that. And, uh, and we, uh, even our relationship, we were like, um, and then we met during first school photos. I was that's right, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, you know, we struck up some, some conversation and like just your presence, you know, like, and, and it's, it's really, that's why I was su- super happy to come and do this because like, you know, like I'm willing, everyone talks about vibe and energy, energy and that, but like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you can, 
without so talking to someone, sometimes you can just tell by tell their presence, right? And just oh, yeah. thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Making me blush. Yeah. <laughs> well, the same with me, bro. You know, because I came yeah. up and said, "No, I told talk, talking to Noah about because yeah. we know because of uh, the, the rugby team we follow, right? Yeah. Varsity mm -hmm. with Tavita, mm -hmm. who's down in Southland now, yeah. and also George, who was yeah. our teacher at Pakaranga. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had that kind of connection, but yeah. then we had a yeah. discussion and. You were telling me about your basketball, and yeah. I didn't know a lot of Pacific yeah. you know, men yeah, that yeah, are yeah. involved in basketball yeah. at the yeah. level that you were getting yeah. to. So yeah. that, that's what I found very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I even told Jay about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, basketball guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he tall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tall, shy. <laughs> How was that transition, bro? From so going from um, your old school Pakurama yeah. to then to deal with? What was that like? The, uh, we talk about the cultural piece and mm. like at Pakarang I felt like we really established a, like the thing for me like Rosmany is an example of Rosmany College they're like the they're the standard of basketball they're kind oh, of the mags really? of basketball okay. and, and yeah. uh, the North Shore right? North Shore yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Catholic school yeah. and I'm good friends with the coaches um, but what I love about them is like Let's say you go to a harbour trial or an Auckland to a Tyro trial or something, and a kid turns up and he plays. Mm. You can tell he's from Rosmany. Like oh, that's the, wow. that, like the way that he plays, the style of his play, his mannerisms, his demeanour. Yeah. Um, I think that's a like obviously that's a general statement, but I actually think that that's a telling statement of of culture. And I think Rosmany do that. And oh, wow. at Pakaranga, I thought like we weren't we 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 punched above our weight. We we went to nationals and. We competed at a high level for the most part, but we never won anything. Mm. Um, I got hired on the Dilworth job the year we got relegated out of the senior. <laughs> so, but like one thing, one thing. Oh, the, the so the story going to Dilworth was we went and played Dilworth. We got relegated. Yeah. We played Dilworth in the in the lower grade, and our boys had um, opened up the doors. Ladies were coming through. They'd opened up the doors, and the things, general things, we try to teach all the time. They walk walked in. They yeah. set up the benches and stuff. Like Dilworth kids were weren't even there yet, they set up the benches, oh, um, they warmed up professionally and yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay, and I remember um, the score, the score bench keeper, she was keeping the score and stuff. Mm. And she came after and she said, your boys are so lovely, like they're so mannered, they said, all of them said thank you and the way you guys played, you played out. We ended up winning the game by like 30 or 40 or 20 mm. or 30 or whatever. Mm. Um, but I, we left that day and I got an email from the sport di director mm. and he's like, hey, we're creating this new role, director of basketball, um, mm. can you help us, or oh, what's your role at Pakaranga like? Can you give us some tips on how to create it? So I helped him and then lockdown happened and then he called me again and he was like, hey, um, we want to give you the job, you helped us. Um, oh, kind of cool. And so I think that's a that's also something for me, obviously I'm thankful to the Pakaranga boys and building that culture of just being respectful young men wherever we go. Mm. But I think the coolest thing of that um, is just first impressions and how you mm. present yourself everywhere, yeah. you know, mm. like I'm, I'm super thankful to that group because I didn't tell them to do that that day, but because they did, um, people respected the way I coached and looked after them and mm. respected the way the team moved. So. Mm. But you had installed their behaviours in them, right? Before, yeah. yeah. Before they got to that stage where they were like, okay, this is what our coach wants to do and yeah. how he wants us to behave. Speaking of deal with you, you're just taking them back into the first Mm. Uh, division, right? Oh, senior A second. So second. Oh, okay. technically, but second. you've moved them up a level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And you yeah. did that with my uh, my old mate Donald Tussie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool with Donald. Yeah, oh, he's the true. Yeah, oh, Donald's the man. Oh, he rips mags. <laughs> and Avondale mags and Avondale. Avondale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I saw that online. I was like, oh man, the, the yeah. one-two punch. Yeah, yeah. We we're, we're really lucky. Um, Donald created a really great again another massive cultural program at Manirewa with their basketball program we're really lucky to snag him almost uh, yeah. to come to Dilworth he 
he was moving on because he, he'd been um, living out west and traveling out south yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to call his time um, on that program anyway. But he did a great job with them. And, and I'm really happy that he got them promoted as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're just lucky because he, he brings something different to our coaching staff. Where I do stuff tactically and organized, um, he's real. Like he'll sit next to the kid and talk to them through a bad phase of play or yeah. give encouragement where I'm a little bit more kind of stern. And you know, yeah, so yeah. he's a good balance. Good cop, yeah, cop. good cop. Yeah, yeah, I'm always a bad cop. But, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. And even like your uh, your brother, yeah, he's yep. Um, coaching uh, another team in the NBL. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Man, did he follow? He obviously, he's your younger brother, right? He followed yeah. your footsteps. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, like I think that's the that's the conception. Uh, that's like um, that's how people see it. That he followed my footsteps, but he honestly really paved his own way. Right. Um, I asked him for years when I was at Pakaranga to come coach with me, and he didn't want to. Yeah. And the the only time he wanted to come to Pakaranga and coach was to take the girls program. And the only reason why he wanted to do that was because he didn't want to work under me. Yes. So he wanted to run his own program and not me have me. Yeah. And he did a really good job with them. They won some um, national competition stuff. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, like he, we created a thing called GRIs, yes. where we um, look after guys in the summer and do skill workouts and, and stuff mm. like that. Um, and he, that was his specialty, is working one on one with players. He's really good at upskilling players and preparing them to be in their best shape. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he really paved his own way. Like, yeah. you know, obviously I, I would have had some influence and he would have followed a few things, but he, 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 I'm just, you know, like we're actually rivals because he, like, Honestly, we're we're looking forward to this. Um, I've said this multiple times. Like, if I got to choose winning the championship and staying undefeated against Sione, I'd rather yeah. stay undefeated against Sione. You know? so, there you go. Yeah, that's a cool rivalry, man. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's so good to see Pacific people in those places now, places mm -hmm. of influence and yep. and decision making in a basketball yeah. arena, especially you know, because yeah. it was always the Americans or the or the. Yeah. the the Balangi or Pakeha coaches yeah. on the sidelines, they were, yeah. they never had a, a big representation of, of Pacific people. Yeah. I didn't realize how important that is. Eh? Like, I always thought, like you were talking about before, like, um, oh, like Tongan basketball coach, like, it's not you, it, like, it's not a usual thing. Um, and I, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm proud because, like, even to my own, own horn thing, like, but at Pakaranga, I, I was, um, I was like, the, probably the second Polynesian head boy at the school, oh, and nice. I didn't realize, like, I was like, yeah, that's cool, like, I'm just, yeah. I'm just a kid, like, whatever, like, I'm just head boy, it doesn't matter, mm, yeah. and then as a coach, I'm just a Polynesian coach, like, why is it a big deal, yeah. but then seeing kids come out of the woodworks and, like, come and play confidently and want to talk to you, that, and, and talk to me and not have the confidence to talk to someone else based on, yeah. like, how comfortable they feel because sure. of the same race in it, like, yeah. I didn't realize that impact, like, yeah. And so I tread carefully with it. I know it's a responsibility I have to look mm. up, like, you know, do a yeah. good job of. So. Put, put their responsibility on your shoulders. Yeah. Not, not just the same nationality as you, but also from the other islands as well, because yeah. you look like us, you know. You yeah, like, yeah. We all have, look, have that brown face and, yeah. you know, you can relate to them because yeah. it's family kind of thing. Yeah. So that, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Um, Was that the sort of the same situation when you were at uni? Sort of being a brown face in a, I wouldn't say a white space, but I remember my time at university, yeah. it's... it's there's not too many brown faces there, yeah. and so you are sort of the same thing, sort of role modelling and encouraging other people similar to yourself. Yeah. To also find is that what sort of you found as well? Absolutely, yeah. And um, that, and then also just also being comfortable, not like you know, like we we like I'm glad we're going against the term plastic, like plastic islander, plastic sure. tongue, you know, and like 
I think the other thing is like I'm into like I, I hang out with like most of my friends are islanders, mm. but we're like really into different stuff, and I'm into a lot of stuff that people would generalize as like pop, like balangi or yeah. oh like that's what white people do blah blah blah. But I'm like no, nah, that's actually what I do. That's mm. you know yeah. that's you know so. Yeah. So I guess for you growing up, um, did you speak a lot of Leafakatonga? Yeah, my mom and grandma spoke it fluently at mm. home, and that's the only language they used. Yes. So we can speak a little bit, and um, mm. I'm really grateful for that because yes. like. You know, you just it's a beautiful language, and when you mm. hear people talk it, you're like you're you you just you're 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 rooted, right? Like mm. you, you feel grounded. So mm. yeah. Yeah. once once we start losing the language, we start losing that 100%. culture. So it's quite an important sort of thing to have. Eh? I'm always um, happy when I go to schools where they have te reo, yeah, and yeah. how how the the teachers and the kids are, are learning and speaking yeah. te reo because that's the you know that's the language of of the people of our land. Hundred percent. Yeah, you speak it. But to oh, see, cool. you know, you go back a few years, not even that long ago, mm. maybe, maybe even in our lifetime, uh, people were, you know, uh, disciplined for speaking, speaking the language and, and looked down upon. Yeah, you know? yeah. so we've, we've come a, come a long way in, yeah. in some aspects yeah. of, of our beautiful country, but uh, yeah. still some work on. I, I just feel so privileged. I live in a time where that's way more embraced and obviously there's still a long way to go. Mm. One of my first experiences, Pakaranga, I, I remember my year, my year, they did the stats on... Um, on race population, ethnic population, yeah. and at the time it was like 2,300, and there was only 150 kids that identified as Pacifica, sure. and like that's a small as um, percentage, and so already going into school with like all these like white people, Asian people, and you're mm-hmm. in a minority, um, I really learned real fast what it actually means to be a minority in the space, sure. and and my one of my early experience experiences, especially with Tereo, I'm not Maori, but um, I'm really like uh, you know like I really respect um, the, the the culture, um, but I remember sitting in a social studies class and there was like a video of some guy like the the Maori Wars back in the day, and it was like a guy like um, there was a guy fighting in a war and he was like doing like pukana and stuff. And I remember a kid in the back going, "Yo, that 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 sire!" Like and he, I was the only brown kid in the class. Mm. I remember just being enraged, like, "Bro, I'll beat this kid up after school." Um, but I. I felt so alone in that in that class that one yeah. time, and I was like, "Oh man, like this is actually, like this is messed up. Like this is not okay, you know." So yeah. those, that was one of the first experiences of like being. I know I've kind of gone off top topic, but like, mm. I'm so glad we've gone so far from that now. Like it's not okay to say that people would call people out on that. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. People are more aware of it. Yeah. Just Josiah, in terms of like, I mean, obviously you've, you've coached a lot of our kids and. I know at footy and rugby that there's eligibility in terms of representing countries. Mm. How does it work in sort of basketball? Like, can you play, say, junior basketball for, say, New Zealand, and then go play like for Samoa or Tonga as a as a senior? Or it, it it's actually horrible. It's, oh. it, and it's and it's it's gonna cost our island nations for for a long time. Oh. Horrible. So, well, pretty much if you play under fifteen basketball for New Zealand, mm. you're that, that's you're under fifteen. Under like it's from 15, sixteen or fifteen, oh, your wow. eligibility is gone. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. that's, wow. that's really. And then even to let's say like there's some talented Tongan kids and we want them to play for the Tongan side, mm. they have to have a um, they have had to have a passport, a Tongan passport before they were sixteen, I think. I'm pretty sure. So if that's, you get your Tongan passport true. after you're sixteen, you have to go through a process and wait for months and months for for, for you to be deemed. Otherwise, you have to be born in Tonga. Um, yes. So, if we're using Tonga as an example, but yeah. yeah, it's it's they and FIFA like when we're complaining as like little island nation to FIBA, the big body, FIBA. like they don't like. Yeah. We're just yeah, we're little ants on like yeah. flies on the water. 
whatever. Like we don't care about your eligibility. Like, wow. um, so we, we, we there has to be um, lots of change in that because yeah. we're seeing a lot of talented kids play for New Zealand age group, yes. and then not, uh, and then not play for the Tall Blacks or Tall Ferns. Yes. But if they could play for Tonga or Samoa or Cook Islands or Fiji, it would help out. Like, but they can't. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to make that call really early. You're, like, you know, you imagine if you're a kid, you're like, yes, I made the New Zealand 16s. Of course, you're gonna do that. Yeah. But then you also have to think, oh, I might not be able to play national if I don't play for the Tallbacks one day. I can't play for Tonga anymore. Oh, you know, wow. so. So, yeah, yeah, it's really young to have that sort of criteria in place because usually it's more Colts and other sports. Can you see that changing? There just needs to be the right people in the right places, mm -hmm. um, and I, hopefully, I like with the current setup, Pacific Islands are able to compete at a higher level so that FIBA can understand that oh, this is important. Mm -hmm. They don't see it, but it, it, you know, like island teams in rugby and league have a lot of power and a lot of are they way more competitive? Yeah. And I guess because so, of the numbers and the competition, right? Yeah, like yeah. NRL, I mean, it's like 60 percent. Yeah, yeah. Super rugby, very similar. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think the other way to approach it is just like at a young age, and we're kind of already doing this, or at least from the Tongan side, is just mm. guys like, yeah, you, you might make a New Zealand team, but just be aware that we're, we're, we're having those conversations as well. Like, be aware that you, you you probably give up your Tongan eligibility. You, you won't be able to play the Pacific Games or potentially a yeah, Commonwealth yeah. Games. Commonwealth or Games, you know. Yeah. So. That's, um, that is quite horrible. That, that, that's such is. a young, yeah. young age to make a commitment like that. Yeah. And, and then when you think of it long term, there's only a certain amount of spots to yeah. to get, you know, where, yeah. whereas Pacific... Oh, how, how was basketball in Pacific? Was especially Tonga, how was it? Um, in the islands, yeah. It's, there's so much talent that could, like, and there's so much talent that have played in age groups on New Zealand, mm. that if, if that wasn't if that wasn't the eligibility rule, our island nations would be, like, decent, you know? Like, yeah. they, they, they'd be competitive. Mm. Um... I think the hardest thing is most of the kids that play the sport are from New Zealand and Australia. Um, and so for us to build those programs, you kind of almost have to, there's Taba at the moment, Tongan Aotearoa Basketball um, Association. Oh, cool. And so they're in Auckland. And so you kind of almost have to have academies in New Zealand yeah. with Tongan kids or Samoan kids. Yeah. So I think that's the hardest thing. Like until there's money pumped into basketball, say in Tonga, where you can fly kids in and out or fly the national team in and out of Tonga, yes. um, which they did for the Pacific Games, and they did a really good job. Shani was the coach of that team, mm. and they were able to bring some American players in, oh, wow. um, able to bring some New Zealand and Australian players in. Yeah. Um, until you can create a, a base, pretty much, mm. yeah. I think it's always going to struggle. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. The best basketball player that I've... Well, there's two of them, actually. There's Ginger Sartelli, who's a uh, Samoan. Right. And there was also my, my Tonga friend, Aaron yeah. Cocker. Oh, true. He yeah. was um, the best basketballer at Mags when yeah. I was there. Yeah, we, yeah. we grew up together. I had right. no idea how, how talented yeah. he was at basketball, but yeah. once he got to our premier basketball team, he was dunking it. And yeah, yeah. You know, Jordan yeah. was around at that time. He was yeah. the Mags Jordan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the, the Tongans, especially because of how influential also the Mormon churches and Exactly. And yeah. in the Tongan right. community, yeah, and, yeah. and then you have the American influence, which yeah. is obviously yeah. basketball crazy. Yeah. So that, I'm sure there'd be a lot of yeah. really talented. Even yeah. Tavito was a talented basketball, yeah. right? I, I sound biased saying this, but like at the time, especially in high school, um, Vince, a very high up basketball figure who was with us at Pakenham College, mm. he works with Basketball New Zealand Harbour now. But like Vita was one of the best high school players mm -hmm. um, at the time, and he just because he went Pakaranga, because he hadn't been in the system, he kind of wasn't looked that way. Oh, yeah. um, but 
you, this is how talented he was. He he got college scholarship uh, people approaching from America, Philippines. The Warriors were asking him to sign a contract with them, oh. and then Auckland Rugby were telling him to stay. And mm. he because he wasn't eligible for the US stuff. We, we, we kind of oh. screwed that one up a little bit. But then he went Philippines, played college basketball in the Philippines, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philippines. and then he came nice. back and then jumped straight back into the Auckland rugby setup, and now yeah. he's in Southland. So, Southland. Oh, oh, true. really talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talented. he's a freaking. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's tall and yeah, quick and powerful and strong. He's got that. Um, I was talking to one of my mates, like that fullback body, eh? like that chief oh. chief hockey from um Israel Falau, like this tall, yeah, lean, true. like yeah. you know, like Tongan avatars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a few of them around. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, um, obviously he's a big he, he respects you and he's good friends with Noah and yeah, yeah. Um, it's just cool to see him obviously he's gone like this and this with his decision making of which sport and what, what but it's I'm just sad he's options. Options. Good Lord. yeah and I, you know what like he could have stayed with probably basketball and cracked it like in, in a basketball space but not many people can say they did both you know like, yeah, yeah. So. yeah and was that sought after yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you just seen a lot of Pacifica athletes sort of um, crossing over into different sports. Mm -hmm. What's that? My lights up? Is that joining my lights up? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Eagles League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In our round. In our round, now in the NFL, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, big, big money there. You see more and more Pacific names turning up in those NFL teams. I think you've seen a lot more Pacific slash African American kids coming through. Is that right? Like the Rocks, the Rocks. Sort of you put those scenes together. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's well, true. The Rocks that's are a prime example. That's yeah. a very good combination. Yeah, mm. Definitely, definitely. Hey, bro, do you ever think, I guess, would you ever see something similar to like Moana Pasifika, in which you have a, a basketball team made up of, it could be so, it could be any of the Pacific teams that sort of comes in, maybe the Pasifika Rise, yeah. coach, coach <laughs> Josiah. I mean, do you think that's something, obviously sponsorship and all that sort of stuff, but do you think that's something that could benefit? Um, Pacific basketball? 100%. That's a great idea and it's already been talked in the NBL. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so when that space comes, mm. best believe we'll be jumping on that, is yeah, it, yeah. you know? Um, we, we we run our GI Rise program and we, we had like high, top high school players come and work with us and play with us. Mm. And we play at competitions in New Zealand and Auckland and people would often say like, that could be an NBL team. That bunch yeah. of GI Rise guys could yeah, be an yeah, NBL sure. team. Oh, and I'm like, sense. Why not? Like Why one day. So how can you get that? What's already moving? There's already yeah, there's conversation about we next year. There's a Tauranga team entering the competition and a Queenstown team. So mm. Queenstown. Yeah, Queenstown. Team. Some basketballers down there. Um, I don't think so. But <laughs> Queenstown Rockies. <laughs> that'd be a good name to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that'd be so cool, eh? Just mm. to see a whole team full of Pacific faces. Yeah. You know, that'd be yeah. that'd be um, that'd be awesome. I reckon they they would, you know, shake things up a little yeah, bit yeah. In, in that competition. Absolutely. Yeah. Moana's been awesome, right? Like Moana and Drua, like it's yeah, been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really Far out yeah. the Fiji and say they're, they're like built for it, right? Built Taking some scalps out there. There's another varsity boy, uh, Caleb Munt, I think. Oh, is he a varsity boy? He's, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he came, yeah. but he never quite cracked at varsity, but yeah. um, he's doing good stuff with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, true. Really good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So when you were growing up, who, who were your idols or who was your, who's your favourite basketball player? I mean, <laughs> you were. Uh, I was a big Dallas Mavericks fan because my older cousin was a Dallas Mavericks fan. Mm. And my favorite player is a guy that not many people know, but I think he's my favorite player because he's the only jersey I had, and it was Mike, oh. Michael Finley. Okay. Um, and he was like a good shooting guy. But interesting stat about him, he was called like Iron Man. Like he played the most 48-minute games so oh. without subbing out, like at one season. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and so that's why 
uh, strength and conditioning became a really important part of like my coaching. Yes. Oh, not necessarily strength and conditioning, but just making sure teams are in good shape. Yeah. Speaking um, of, of your you know players that you admired and, and, and respected growing up, what about the, the Jordans and the Birds and the the Johnsons of the of the past year? Did you did you get um, a chance to study those guys and see what sort of players they were from your perspective? I I did, and I was fans of them, but weirdly. The reason why I like this question, uh, and, I, and I get it from other people too, is like, I've always been a big fan of like role players, and oh, so like my favourite player during those times, again I said Michael Finley before, is a guy called Bruce Bowen from the Spurs, and all he did was he was he would just lock down opposition players, like he would defend the best player on the other team, yeah. and people would be like, oh yeah, my favourite player is like Jordan or Tim Duncan, blah blah, like, nah, I like that guy, because yeah. like, he's got one job and he's so good at doing that one job, nice. and I think that's that ended up in my coaching style too. Like mm -hmm. I really embrace the kind of role players, and mm -hmm. um, and we find, and I think I have a knack for finding value in, in guys who aren't necessarily superstars but can contribute yeah. somehow. Yeah. Um, now that's not to say I didn't enjoy watching those guys and like Alan Iverson and stuff back in the day. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, I just had a, I was always a big fan of like the underdog and the and the guys who contribute on the side and didn't get much of the glory. You know, my, one of my favorite rugby players is Conrad Smith. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you know, sure. like not a guy, not a guy that was like. The highlight guy, mm. but usually the first guy on the team list because you know what he's about to bring. You know, always yeah. in the right place at the right time, yeah. always working hard. You know, like um, he, he obviously he's considered one of the best midfielders of all time. But mm. like, would I think I think he's like the best role player of, in the team. Mm. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he's been described to me as the the glue glue that glue. stuck, yeah. that, exactly. uh, that, stuck oh. that team together. Hundred percent. You've got the superstars outside you. And yeah. You got the Richie McCalls and stuff doing all that work there, but yeah. it's, he was the glue that 100%. connected those two systems, if yeah. you would, together to make that unbelievable All Black team. That's, a, that's a great term. Yeah, I think I think like weirdly, and now I'm just rambling, but I think I got that kind of infatuation for like role players and stuff. I, I, I. I I think I knew I'd always be some, like a coach in some context, yeah. but I used to play video games big time. A big football fan, like mm. our soccer, and I'd play a game called Football Manager. And oh, like, yes. I, you know, my cousin used to think I'm weird because like you can't even control the players or anything. No. You just control the rosters, the signings, rosters and all of that oh, stuff. Schedule. And my goal in those games was always to build the best team using the least amount of money. Uh -huh. So I'd always try to find like the diamonds in the rough and plug your team. And I think that's always just been my mindset: is like, yeah. you know, don't you don't necessarily have to go for the big names. You can you can develop guys in, in your own in your own system you know yeah. like, sounds like the plot of Moneyball yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> some analytics yeah, yeah, analytics. Red Pitt was it Red Pitt yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and uh, the Jonah Hill yeah yeah, 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 yeah that's, true. that's a good series yeah. I guess the big thing was also just like you said in terms of role playing and managing players I think just hearing what you're saying is and this seems to happen not just in sport but in different organisations something called the Pareto Principle you guys heard of that? Yeah. the Pareto Principle is basically where and it depends on the stats but usually 10 to 20 percent of an organization or a team um, do the most production or in, like in rugby score the most points mm. so like you know you might have your superstars like Jordan who score mm. the points but then around them they have other guys mm. um, that, that fulfill those other roles that yeah. don't mean they, they score the points but allows those players yeah. I think in a sports context yeah, yeah, to yeah. sort of get those opportunities to get the ball back so that they can then score so yeah what was that called the Pareto principle oh. and it's, it's used in business yeah. and there's different like some people say in an organization you might have 20 percent of the workforce mm. that do 80 percent of the work Oh, some say it's more like ten percent. Yeah. So again, if you're looking at an organisation, yeah, you have those people that do most of the work, mm. and then 
people that have sort of have their bit parts or yeah. they're just a bit lazy. Yeah. But that's the Pareto principle. That's, that's what you see in sport yeah. and business and different organisations. Yeah. Very important in teams. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes I think undervalued those those players, what? It frustrates me how undervalued it is. And like I, I love watching other sports. Mm. And people will watch will watch rugby together for example. Mm. And I'll just randomly follow like a player that's not a big name and just kind of watch and analyse what they're doing and mm-hmm. and what one thing I love is just yeah, it's cliche but like just effort like mm-hmm. you know like if we're watching um, rugby and you see a number six or a seven like a flanker just like how often are they near the breakdown mm-hmm. like what are their movements yeah. um, I remember watching a high school first 15 game and I won't name the player obviously mm-hmm. um, but people like watch it watch this number 13 like he, he's he's like a superstar he's going to be the next big, big thing I remember being so disappointed like he was like so slow to get back into the line and, yeah. and everyone was like but he, he scored like a hat trick in that game and yeah. I was like yeah like but really yeah um, no, I just you, so you know obviously like he's I th- he's going to go a long way and I, I don't know anything about rugby like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. He, he's going to be fine but like that really stood out to me it's like yeah. why is no one noticing the other things that, that he's yeah, doing yeah. you know so so I came into the door program and it was like empty cupboard. Like mm. there was not really any culture, not really anything in it. And I remember first thing we did was I got angry at them. We said training started at 3.30 and the kids were rolling in 3.35, 3.45, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so I said to them, um, we'll start locking the doors if you guys come after 3.30. Oh. And we started kind of doing that. And then now we've got kids racing to the door to get in before three thirty. Like they're trying, they're trying to beat each other, almost like a scoreboard. Like I got here first, I got here first. Um, and those are like that stuff matters, you know. Like people can see that stuff. Like, um, so and to go on to the video stuff, then we introduce video now, strength and conditioning, and it's almost like a professional regime. Same time, that tough part for me is always like remembering that they're teenagers and they just need to enjoy it too. So we have this thing called flow. Mm. Um, funny I say flow and the, and the water's kind of yes. flowing there um, but we talk about so a lot of our training and our drilling like when we do drills and stuff is decision making mm. so we always have to have some type of decision making in whatever practice we do mm. well that's the way we try to think of it mm. um, and we always use the analogy that like if you can think under pressure um, under all these like circumstances and make good decisions and mm. learn to make good decisions hopefully we're prepping you to do that in life too you know when you're in an exam when something happens with with your family like Mm. just coming back to being grounded and rooted and making sensible decisions to go forward yeah yeah, yeah. it's a massive part of our Mm. when we plan and and all of that 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 thing about um making decisions fatigued Mm. you know that's a a good one especially on a sport sport field day 100 percent it's a key component. It's the fitness thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sports more enjoyable. Yeah. Basketball's tough, man. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's not a really big court. What's yeah. it, 50 minutes? 20 Less minutes? than that, 33, I think. 33. 33, yeah. But the amount of times you're going up yeah. and going hard on the knees, yeah. you know. Yep. So, yeah. Don't yeah. you have long legs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah physically demanding sport. Mm. Um, Even though it's non, non-contact as well, right? It's yeah, so it's... it's I think it's now the new term is it's non-collision. It's oh, like not, okay. Rugby's like a collision sport, and then basketball's now the new context. Non-lethal. Non, non-lethal. Non-lethal. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um. Is that what they call it? No, I'm just <laughs> it's um, it's definitely d- physically demanding, and I think the biggest thing is um, not just your fitness, but like coming back to what we talked about, just like can you make decisions. Like, can you make decisions in a timely manner and quickly, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and that just helps you, like, manage the rest of the game. Like, you see a lot of kids and you think they're doing a good job of, like, like spending their energy 
with big effort plays yeah. and you're like no nah, that's not smart like you yeah. should have chilled there you should let the ball go to somewhere else yeah. like be ready in the fourth quarter you know yeah, like, yeah. managing your, your energy too so. devil's in the detail eh? yeah 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 uh nice over toes guy have you ever heard of him yeah 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 you follow him I, yeah, 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 I have before. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I bring him up because he was a basketball player that yeah, was yeah, getting yeah. quite serious knee injuries yeah. at a young age and yeah. he, he didn't want to give up his passion, but he, yeah. he found an alternative way to train yeah. and now he's able to squat and then dunk the ball. Yeah, right? amazing. Yeah. And do the splits. Yeah. And do the splits. Ben Patrick. Yeah, yeah Ben Patrick, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's an interesting cat. I got a cousin who's had knee problems and he subscribed to what his program or whatever. Mm. And he's, his knees are way better than they used yeah, to be. Yeah, lots of range of mobility stuff. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a massive and strength of condition now, eh? It's like yes. po- um, body movements, body pattern, um, body patterns and stuff like yeah. Going away from the traditional, like, you know, like tin and stuff like yeah, that. Like yeah. that's. And, and combining those two things yeah. instead. Like. Yeah. I guess for your uh, for, for the kids that you coach or that you have coached, uh, who are some of the sort of players that they look up to? Because I guess, are they looking at players that sort of have long careers, maybe mm. like LeBron James, mm. you know, how much he spends on recovery. Yeah. Because that's a big thing, right? But yeah. I mean, for, who are some of the, the players that kids are looking up to now? It's so interesting, eh? Like, it's, the way they've looked at players and the way players are viewed has just changed like in five ten years so quick mainly because of social media mm-hmm. and so like a lot of the basketball kids consume and not necessarily a whole 40 or uh, 48 minute game they've watched it's mm-hmm. just like highlight packages and stuff and yeah. so that's for me my concern is they're missing out on the things i talk about like the little intangible things that, mm-hmm. that i like to watch mm-hmm. so we always try to reiterate and try to show um the players that i'm into but obviously they're into their lebrons and jason tatums and stuff mm-hmm. but one thing i've really been proud of with gi rise is because a lot of kids have moved on to higher levels. We yes. try to bring them into our school system, into our youth systems, yes. and train. So, like in the holidays, mm-hmm. GRI's guys will come to Dorothy and we'll train with our kids. And so oh, these guys gosh. are watching yeah. these guys play for the Tall Blacks and for NBL teams, and they're like, oh, like I'm doing drills with this guy, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that that's our biggest thing, is trying to bring the influencers on court with them yes. and try to work together. Yeah, sure. I think it's been successful. I think it's cool, too, like to look yeah. over your shoulder and know you're doing drills and, and games and stuff with guys who have cracked it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any uh, Steve Adams-like players coming through the system that you can see? Man, that's tough, eh? Like, it's... We, most of our NBA players that come from New Zealand are Sean Marks, Steven Adams, mm. um, so big men, and then Kirk Penny and Corey Webster yeah, almost yeah. got a stint. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I... I I don't, not necessarily, like I'm just going to be honest because I, I see a lot of people in the news say, oh, this guy's the next thing. It's like, bro, you've got to be realistic. Like this, yeah. you know, there's, there's, only, there's 60 spots that you get drafted into the NBA. Like, yeah. and there's millions, if not billions of people who play basketball. Yeah. Not yet. But our baseline of lower level talent is getting a lot better. Yes. And so like, I would say that from in your team, your number eight to 12 are like, way better than 8 to 12 in 2005 like mm-hmm. way better yeah. so I think that's encouraging but I think we're probably like 10, 20 years away from actually con- building consistent players to go through yeah. I think Aussie's a perfect example something like for Melbourne apparently mm-hmm. per capita they have like the most NBA players like yeah. in the yeah. world per like oh, wow. something like that yes, yeah. um, and the way they've built their system is just like New Zealand's a long way from there because we don't have the facilities and the resource. Mm. But once we do, there's no reason why we can't. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're not really looking at the next Steve Adams, you're looking at the next uh, player to reach the NBL level, right? Yeah, 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 at a high level. And yeah. then um, 
like not to say that we, it can't be done but mm. you know at the same time we're trying to be realistic and trying to put them in opportunities that eventually they can go there yeah. you know steve adams was a real unique journey and massively almost freakish sort yeah. of, uh, luck as well as skill going yeah. into that, that young success so. seven foot and he's like that's why i always say like kids should play at an early age football and rugby like seven foot come from a country where People run around the street with the ball in one hand, yeah. kick it as well. Like not many countries, they're in national sport. You kick, pass, catch, jump, mm. tackle. Like you know, yeah. like he's a he's a unique seven foot beast that can yeah. do all those things. Yeah. Um, has he, he ever played for the Tall Blacks? Nah, he's he has a, a, some political issues with um yeah. with youth basketball. One of the hardest things in New Zealand yeah. is that it costs a lot to play nationally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that's kind of been part of the. The reason why yeah, he—I yeah. I can't speak for him, but um, I hope he plays for Tonga one day. That'd be cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, like, uh, yeah, people criticize him for not doing it, but it's like he's doing this thing. Yeah, like yeah. he's repping, representing New Zealand at the highest level. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's the most well-known yeah. New Zealand basketball player now, if not ever. Eh? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And good on, because yeah. he sort of went around a different way to a normal pathway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Jack said, with not representing New Zealand, and mm. then he just went around and yeah, yeah. made his own way in there. And that's why I, that's I think that's part of what I what I'm saying. Like, there is going to be future New Zealand NBA players, but mm. the way we're doing it is probably not the way that's going to present them. Like, yeah. there's going to be other ways we do it, similar to what you just said about Stephen Adams. Like, yeah. there's not one way to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, has anything in closing? Ah, oh, just a big mala pito for real time, especially. Uh, to get your insight into um, the different levels of basketball because basketball is a very popular sport um, and I guess because we're more obviously we'll come from rugby circles people saying oh you know the numbers head towards basketball and, and for good reason it's a great game all that sort of stuff but really appreciate your time you know obviously you're building not just better basketball players they're there at Dilworth and then through the different competitions but just better people and, and I know for myself looking at and the things you're doing that's a great thing. Appreciate it. Um, because we know people like you out there doing it, so mm -hmm. keep it up, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you again, bro. Like, yeah. like I said before, for coming in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, our first connection was really at Pakaranga. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pakaranga College, where you were um, looking after the photo date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, having a chat in between the photos, so yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good connection. And then we had Tavita and and George and yeah. White Boy and University yeah. Rugby. Yeah. You know, Glued us into that relationship, so uh, thank you very much for coming in, man. I've been wanting to get you in for a wee while, but you're a busy man, and uh, I do appreciate your time, man, especially on a day off. I'll be spending time for your missus and your family and stuff, but um, really appreciate it and found that really interesting too, bro. So thank you. Thank you very Pleasure much. Pleasure was mine, bro. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. You guys are doing an awesome work and big fan, so. Oh, appreciate that, man. We, we'll try our best. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big. Uh, a whole heap of people are doing them now, so we just keep. Yeah. The, the thing I love about yours is it's not the gen like. A lot of them are very generic. Oh. I was very, I was like, like, I listened to the study one, like I was talking, and I was just like, well, these conversations are not the ones I expected, and it kind of caught, caught me off guard. So, yeah, no, really cool. Yeah. Again, bro, thank you very much. Thank um, you guys, my love. Um, I always close off. All love, no hate. Fala, fala.